You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. For all your pre-draft and pre-NFL free agency needs, come there. I have a new article looking at every team's chance that's uh, drafting in the first round of taking a quarterback. So that'll be interesting, and we will uh, take a deeper dive into my mock drafts that I put up at SportingNews.com. Put a fantasy football spin on them for these shows at uh, some point going forward. You can check out my latest mock draft there at sportingnews.com. But a lot of things here to change in the month of March with pro days coming and then uh, free agency in the middle of the month. Speaking of draft and free agency, we have to roll along here with our 2020 seasons in review and 2021 off seasons in preview. And the next team up as we flip over to our new division that we're starting the NFC South. We have to start at the top in alphabetical order. It's the Atlanta Falcons. So it'll be a Falcons Friday here to close the week here in lockdown fantasy football. So we did complete the AFC South. So if you missed any of those four shows on Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, or Tennessee, those are up as well as uh, 16 uh, teams uh, previously from the East and the Norths that you can check out. So Trying to get through all these teams, and again, we'll break in with uh, breaking news analysis and reaction as it merits here. But yeah, we're steadily going through what has to be seen in the offseason, and before we can go forward, we have to look a little bit back. So, the Falcons are today's team of the day, and uh, we have to start in the same place we always do with every team. That's at quarterback, Matt Ryan. He finished as the final QB1 in terms of overall scoring 18.34 points per game, according to Fantasy Pros. That was the 12th best overall, but 15th when you look at the average scoring. And that includes people like Dak Prescott, who uh, played early but got hurt. So, again, that's not great if you're investing in Matt Ryan. You got really back-end, borderline QB1 play. When you've seen Matt Ryan boost up and get really top-of-the-line QB1 play before. So, not a great season for Matt Ryan. And uh, Dirk Cutter, that final year. I just didn't like Dirk Cutter's influence on Matt Ryan. It was pretty bad. I mean, we know the highest level has been Kyle Shanahan. Steve Sarkeesian, there was a little bit of drop there when Shanahan left to become the coach of the 49ers. But Dirk Cutter, in the multiple stints, he's been Ryan's offense coordinator. I just don't like it because there's not a lot of support in the running game. It's his downfield type of passing game. We saw what happened with the Buccaneers when they moved on from uh, Dirk Cutter and went with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. They improved. <laughs> Obviously, Tom Brady came in there and did really well last season, uh, putting up some big numbers, 40 touchdowns and all that. So Matt Ryan, you really have to follow the coordinators. And it's been a lot since he uh, came into the league as a pick in uh, 2008. Uh, Joe Flacco pretty much has faded away. He's become a backup and not much interest there, but Matt Ryan still staying strong here as a starting quarterback. There are some sense of the old fade. He's uh, becoming 35 years old here, so some physical deterioration. 
The Falcons' uh, salary cap position with him is pretty tight this year, so it's hard to move on this year. But next year, certainly. So we're going to watch. Uh, we'll get into their draft picks a little bit more here. But that number four pick, some people will have the Falcons really wanting to go aggressively for a quarterback, depending on who's available. If Zach Wilson's still available from BYU, maybe go in that direction. But also looking at Ohio State's uh, Justin Fields and North Dakota State's uh, Trey Lance there at that fourth pick. So I think the Falcons could go in many different directions there. They could look at offensive line. They could look at uh, help defensively in a number of spots as they make a transition there. Under new coach Arthur Smith, the new defense coordinator is Dean Pease. And the new latest offensive coordinator for Matt Ryan is Dave Ragone. He comes from the Bears, a former Louisville quarterback. That's funny because Chris Redman, a former Louisville quarterback, was once there with the Ryan backing him up. So now you've got Dave Ragone coming in. Passing game coordinator of the Bears, uh, so had the influence of Matt Nagy. They kind of went to a more run-heavy approach there. So I think that's going to help Matt Ryan. He needs balance. He can't be just sitting back there and throwing off him. He's going to take a lot of lumps and really just get hit a lot. And that's really what happened a lot in uh, 2020. They just were trying to throw the ball downfield. They're pretty one-dimensional here. Matt Ryan played all 16 games. Give him credit for that. He's still one of the more doable QBs, but... Only uh, 45-81 passing, so really couldn't push for 5,000 despite the Falcons. Defense being so bad. Sacked 41 times, 26 inter- or touchdowns, 11 interceptions, only 7.3 yards per attempt. And we know Matt Ryan is not going to give you much in the rushing attack. He actually had two rushing touchdowns, but only 92 rushing yards on uh, 29 scrambles during the year. So in the end, you ended up with a 28-11 and 11 quarterback, essentially. Nothing too special here. That puts you in the back end. When you don't quite hit the 30 TDs combined, you don't give a lot of running, but you boost it up where you're close to 4,600 yards passing. You're going to get a back end QB. One averaging around 18 points per game for six-point passing TD leagues, and that's what you got from Matt Ryan. So when you look at that equivalent, it's not juicy by any means. Uh, it's a little bit more than the like 225 yards, 250 yards, and a couple touchdowns there, however you slice it there. The 215-2 we know gets you to 22 points in a lot of leagues, but it also drops you to 18. So a little less than that 250-2 barometer average here for Matt Ryan. And again, that's why it wasn't so good in fantasy. Better off as a streamer in uh, fantasy football. Uh, rather than a starter from uh, last year. And there's going to have to be some changes here fundamentally to trust Matt Ryan again as more than uh, just a plug-and-play in the right matchups at quarterback going forward, especially as he gets older and transitions yet to another new offense. Now, also in this segment, we got to talk about the running back production. Todd Gurley played 15 games in his first season with the Falcons. Probably is going to be his only season with the Falcons, but 678 yards rushing, 9 TDs. On the ground, he didn't actually receive enough as we thought he would be. Very touchdown dependent, only 25 catches for 164 yards. Look at that, uh, Brian Hill behind him, 25 catches, 199 yards. So basically, uh, Brian Hill and Todd Gurley are pretty identical in their usage as receivers. They're a little bit less involvement for Edo Smith, but yeah. The touchdowns, if you got a touchdown from Gurley, you were in business here, but only 842 yards from scrimmage and 9 TDs. So what does that add up to? Outside of RB2 territory, actually, he finished 25 overall in 10.1 average points per game in 
half-point PPR, but that was 33rd overall. So he was a flex play in the end. I mean, he kind of faded. He was valuable for a while. Then they didn't treat him as much as the feature back. He's wearing down a little bit. So he's only uh, 26, but a lot of wear and tear for Todd Gurley here. And uh, we saw that again. The knee injury is getting caught up to him, as well as the volume that he had with the Rams breaking down a little bit. They thought he would be a good plug-and-play for Devonta Freeman, and he was okay to some degree when he piecemealed it together with a little bit of Brian Hill behind him. But yeah, notable, Gurley didn't even get 200 carries, uh, 195, while Brian Hill almost half that at 100 here. So speaking of Brian Hill, he only scored 5.1 points per game. Edo Smith, we thought, would have a bigger role, only 63 rushes for 268 and one. So you put these guys together, you have uh, more than 1,700 yards uh, from scrimmage and 11 TDs, but individually, Garley did not fare so well. Only played 15 games again, was also faded pretty much in the second half. And Tard Garley probably won and done here for uh, this uh, Falcons team as they uh, make the transition now to Arthur Smith. And uh, Arthur Smith should help in general. We mentioned uh, Matt Ryan having the balance and all that, but. Remember, Arthur Smith just worked with Derrick Henry. They had run-heavy offense. They fixed Ryan Tannehill there because they ran the ball. They had bootlegs. They had play action. Matt Ryan's pretty good at these. He's not the fastest or most athletic guy. Certainly not even as athletic as Ryan Tannehill. But he can move around in the pocket make some plays. He was really effective, remember, in the Kyle Shanahan system. For now, it doesn't look like Matt Ryan will be dealt anywhere anytime soon. There was a thought that maybe the... 49ers would pursue him as the fallback if they couldn't get Kirk Cousins, but it looks like the 49ers are okay with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe upgrading that backup situation. So, again, that's going to help. The running game in turn is going to help Ryan. So they need a back that's durable, can hold up here, like Derrick Henry be a bit of a hammer. And Todd Gurley no longer can be that back. And, again, he's unsigned here for 2021. We'll go a little bit more in depth with the Falcons' uh, tough uh, salary cap and free agency situation in our last segment. In our next segment, we'll break down what we saw from the wide receivers and then uh, tight end kicker and defense from the Falcons in 2020. And then, again, turn our attention to their offseason here. But before we do that, i got to tell you, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online will even cover Awards, TV shows, and reality TV, just like the recent Golden Globe Awards. We've got the Oscars and all that stuff coming up, as well as the uh, NFL Draft and a lot of uh, unique ways to get in all the action. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine at betonline.ag. BetOnline is going to cover you also for the new scores and odds you need and is the best way to place your bets. And it is also free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, you just use the promo code Locked On to take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus for your uh, first deposit there at Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to break down the great season of Calvin Ridley and the Falcons wide receivers in 2020. All right, now it's time to turn our attention to what the Falcons did receiving-wise at uh, wideout and tight end. But quick programming reminder, today on the Locked On Today podcast, Big Ben is back in yellow and black with a restructured deal there. Is that a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? 
Find out to get the breakdown there in Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, wide receiver Calvin Ridley. He did have a big season every which way. He was a tab breakout candidate. He finished fourth, 15.8 points per game in half-point PPR, fourth overall, fourth in average scoring. When you break down the numbers, 143 targets, played 15 games, Caught 90 balls for 1374 and 9 TDs. So, very big season for Calvin Ridley there. He's kind of the go-to guy and was more durable here, clearly, than Julio Jones, who missed a lot of time here for the Falcons. So, again, big year for Ridley all around. The touchdowns always seem to be there. He didn't really have a bad game. He had the one game where he disappeared against the Packers, I'll say that, where he didn't have a catch. So, if you put that in, it's still an excellent average. So basically, one game missed with injury, one game basically disappeared from the game plan. But otherwise, uh, Ridley was very consistent. You could rely on him. The TDs were pretty solid here. He was going to get involved week in and week out and get his. It didn't matter if he started slowly or got hot and uh, played well early. He was going to produce. And Calvin Ridley, first-round pick, living up to the expectations and then some is a complimentary guy to Julio Jones, but also a guy that could hold up without Julio Jones. So Ridley, again, they're going to use him pretty well here. I think he's the best overall receiver they have now. Julio special, but Ridley is durable. He's a little bit younger. Look at Calvin Ridley from last year. He's 26. Julio Jones is 31. So there's definitely an age disparity there that helps Ridley, and there's a complete trust with Matt Ryan. And again, the touchdown potential is always pretty high with Calvin Ridley because he can go up and get the ball in the red zone. Great target there for Matt Ryan overall. So Calvin Ridley should remain a QB1 here in 2021. Now Julio Jones, it was tough. He only played nine games, so nearly half the season lost to his uh, various injuries. 51 catches on 68 targets, 771 and 3. So really tough there. But when you look at the average here for Julio Jones, 53rd overall with those 13.4 points per game. But he finished... uh, they're uh, 14th. So he was a wide receiver too in terms of the points per game there that uh, you got from him. So again, if you project that out, he probably would have uh, been around uh, 90 to 100 catches, probably gets about 1,200 yards, probably gets about 5 to 6 TDs. So overall, even if you project Julio Jones being healthy, and I know it'll change the way they might have looked at Ridley, but maybe it would actually help Ridley if Jones was in there that you're looking at a player that uh, would have finished more as a wide receiver two with the Ridley as a firm elite wide receiver one. So interesting thing with these two guys, more interchangeable, closer than you think. I know Julio Jones is a great talent, but he's getting up there. going to be 32 here. He's not a big touchdown guy, as it's been well documented and uh, analyzed over and over again over the years. So again, yeah, Ridley and Jones, I think you got much better value if you jumped on Ridley there at, the end of the first round or the early second round versus trying to go for Jones. Again, the age and the injuries concern me, while Ridley, I think, is just entering his prime here as a receiver. And uh, the touchdowns certainly add up here to uh, make him that valuable. So Jones doesn't have to bump up too much, but I think he's more of a 14-point receiver, while Ridley, solidly, is a 15-point receiver in half-point PPR. Hayden Hurst did pretty well coming over from the Ravens and replacing Austin Hooper went to the Browns in free agency. Pretty decent season. He finished actually in the overall scoring ninth 
7.6 points per game at tight end in half-point PPR. 16th, however, so he fell out of tight end one when you look at the average points a game, but the availability certainly was there. Pretty solid, not spectacular tight end. 88 targets, 56 catches, 571 yards, and 6 TDs for Hayden Hurst. So, very uh, good season transitioning to help uh, with the Austin Hooper loss, but I don't know if he got that much upside. Again, solid option in a year where tight end was pretty down in fantasy football. And that's what we had. Now, kicker was actually a huge asset for the Falcons here. Young Hay Koo, 11.2 points per game. That put him a second there behind uh, Jason Sanders and really first in overall scoring. So Sanders was a little bit more available and consistent there. He got an extension from the Dolphins. Uh, Koo got one to stay with the Falcons. So two of the more reliable kickers in the league with very good range. Koo fit in that category. He's had a rough start a little bit for the Falcons. Remember, he started with the Chargers. We didn't know if he was going to stick in the NFL, but big leg, a lot of accuracy. He misses some kicks here and there, especially in the extra point attempts, and we know that can get a little clunky, but 11.2, you're looking for 10 is very good. 11, anything above 11 there at kicker leagues where you're still using it, very special. And again, maybe some bonuses if you got for... 15, 40 yarders, good range, good accuracy overall, going to make a lot of field goals. So again, the kicker fluctuates from year to year, but I'm looking for a guy that is going to get ample opportunities, has good range, and is going to make most of them. And Koo fits all those three categories to look at as a kicker. Again, again, do I go nuts in drafting a kicker early? Am I going to say Sanders and Koo have to be picked before the last round? No. But something to note and how you look at kicker and find some value. Sanders and Koo were not on anyone's radar to be kicker ones and uh, certainly not the top two options of the position. So, again, big year for him. And, again, he's just solid. He's going to be a guy that should have more success as this offense uh, is more successful overall, I think, with Arthur Smith. The offensive-minded head coach uh, helped by Ragone. Now, defense special teams, we've talked a lot of shaky defense and special teams of late when looking at the South teams. The Falcons were 24th, 4.5 points per game, depending on the format. It just... Was not much to see there with the Falcons. We know defense has been the issue that cost Dan Quinn his job. Ultimately, Raheem Morris also was not retained. Only 29 sacks. It's better than a lot of teams, but also only 12 interceptions. So they got to get better. Liddy, Ray, Wilson, Ricardo Allen were their best interceptors, as well as Deion Jones and Fusade Olukan. And again, sacks, uh, it was a committee approach. Nothing inspiring. Deion Jones, the linebacker. Had four and a half, Grady Jarrett, defensive tackle four. So they really need to get the edge pass rush going here. For the new defensive coordinator as they transition to a 3-4 with Dean Pease taking over, coming over from the Titans. You may remember him from his stints with the Patriots and Ravens. He was in retirement for a short time, but he came back with the Titans. He uh, helps here Arthur Smith. So Pease and Smith, they reunite here. And again, Pease is going to really help this uh, team because I think they just need to change things up. You've tried the 4-3 for a while with Dan Quinn. You couldn't quite solve what you want to do there. Previously, you had Mike Smith, another defensive-minded coach. So they go offensive-minded head coach, but also bring in a guy that's going to change the defense here and uh, create some uh, schematic different looks here in Atlanta and take advantage of some of the depth they have with Deion Jones and Olicon and uh, the players that can make some plays on the second level. They're decent at safety as well. Um, we'll talk more about that. They do have a concern there. But overall, again, Falcons have much places to improve. And I don't think they'll shoot up necessarily into the 
defense special teams one relevance, but definitely something to watch here as an improved unit as they stockpile uh, defensive help, especially to uh, get their pass rush going in the 2021 NFL Draft. All right, so there's a look at the Falcons and what they did in 2020, some uh, challenges and expectations early for them in 2021. We'll look at the cap, salary cap, uh, free agency, and their draft picks in our final segment. But uh, before we do that, one reason to repair and maintain your cars is save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Just uh, look at uh, one example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey, $353.99 at advance, a big chain store, or you could get it for $216.79 at rockauto.com. So yeah, you can't beat that. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. There, you can change that and save some money by going to rocker.com navigate a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specification most important the prices you prefer at rocker.com you'll find everything from engine control models and brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's you the classic driver you the daily driver get everything you need in a fusy clicks delivered to your door directly best of all price of rocker.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts go to rocker.com right now to save and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on and there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com we'll be right back here to uh take a sneak peek at uh, what's ahead here for the falcons offseason all right it's been a good week here on locked on fantasy football we've got through five more teams the entire afc south and we've started the nfc south here with the falcons that would mean we're going to continue that into next week uh, we'll monitor the breaking news but in order we know we're going to go to the carolina panthers new orleans saints and the super bowl 55 champion tampa bay buccaneers and top brady so a lot of good stuff to talk about there for a good chunk of next week. And then we know we will finish with the two West divisions in order, the AFC West and NFC West. Before we uh, talk about uh, where the Falcons stand with the Shally Cap, betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the Falcons, not a great salary cap situation, folks, and this is why they can't trade Matt Ryan. They're going to have a big hit there. If they do that, eat some uh, dead money, but also not get much cap relief. $19.5 million over for right now, 180 is about the average here. Coup is the guy locked up, but some casualties could be uh, James Carpenter, the offensive lineman. You have uh, Tyler Davidson uh, can recoup some money there, the defensive tackle. You look at Russell Gage, maybe they'll go there at wide receiver, but that's about it. They don't have a lot of places to cut. I think they're going to have to restructure a deal. Maybe that's part of it uh, with Matt Ryan there going forward, and uh, they commit to him or change things up. Uh, maybe they do that with Jones. So we'll have to see. But, yeah, they're a little bit strapped, and uh, they don't have a lot of flexibility. They're going to have to make some cuts to get uh, salary cap compliant here and uh, also be very limited with their free agent work. Now, 
Speaking of their own free agents, they have Todd Gurley and Brian Hill at running back, so figure they're going to have a clean house there, bring back Edo Smith, who's still under contract, but certainly everything points to the Falcons upgrading at running back, probably more through the draft than in free agency, but we'll watch that to see if a Kenyon Drake or someone like that becomes available. The Titans might be uh, intrigued uh, here, so we'll uh, definitely look at that, or Aaron Jones. I think both those guys would be on the radar as the top two backs here in free agency with the most recent history of production, uh, you also have uh, Luke Stocker, the tight end, is a free agent. Uh, again, could they cut Gage? Certainly. Laquan Treadwell, wide receiver flyer, uh, former first-round pick of the Vikings, uh, not signed here. You also have Alex Mack, the center. He could retire. They might need to move on here from Alex Mack and then go in a different direction. Keanu Neal is the big guy on defense that they have to look at here to potentially uh, – Franchise tag, it's going to be hard with the salary cap situation looking pretty bad for the Falcons. And uh, again, just some things to watch overall with them, but certainly headed uh, to some uh, changes overall in Atlanta with the new coaching staff, new GM as well. Don't forget that Terry Fontenot coming over from the Saints. So every reason to give this team an entire overhaul moving on from Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. Yeah, Thomas Dimitrov and... uh, Mike Smith, both of those errors are pretty good, but there's definitely a lot of challenge with this new combination of Smith and Fontenot along with the Ragone and Pease to get better here. The Falcons limited resources, so part of this is going to be chopping away, taking out of these big contracts, not overspending in free agency, really uh, cultivate a little bit more for the draft. So again, Jones and Drake, if they can make enough money there, they might go after them. But again, good class of running backs with some depth, I would go there and find a complimentary guy to Smith and let Hill and Gurley walk upon the Falcons. Now, the Falcons uh, do have the number four overall pick, but they're limited. So they might be trying to trade and stockpile some picks here. Is Grady Jarrett maybe on the block that they could trade? Uh, He's their best asset defense tackle, but they're also trying to get better tackle. But number four, number 35, number 68. So pretty good start there the first three days. Number four with a bang, they can get a high impact player there. I still think they're going to probably lean defense over offense with that pick, but we'll see how that plays out. Number 99, number 132, 163 round out their half dozen picks here in the 2021 NFL Draft. There you have it. I mean, there it's a trying offseason for the Falcons. A lot of changes, a lot of things in flux. You can't accept a lot of things. So one thing we can hang our hat on is that the talent is still going to rise and you feel good about Ridley and Jones producing, but... We'll see where Matt Ryan goes. Again, another change in system. If you look, Dirk Cutter, Mike Malarkey, Kyle Shanahan, Steve Sarkeesian, Ragone, yet another uh, change here. So I expect a little bit better running success, more comfort from Matt Ryan, better reality play, maybe not so as much as big fantasy bump here. The receivers are Ridley, especially staying steady, maybe a little bump down. Jones is certainly a bump up. Both kind of maybe meet as borderline wide receiver ones here. Hayden Hurst is going to be a big part of what they do, but they could change that a little bit here. Uh, Jonah Smith and the production of the Titans certainly uh, is a good thing for Hurst with the, the combination of Ragone and Smith here. And uh, Koo pretty much is going to be the easy variable that stays the same for the Falcons. But yeah, a lot of offense and defensive change forthcoming for the Falcons. And uh, as uh, the cap situation dictates, they're going to be in rebuilding mode here with the new GM and coach. So there you have it. There's a wrap-up on the Atlanta Falcons, our latest team in our 2020 offseason 
transitional look into 2021, we will get next into the Carolina Panthers. And when we do this uh, series next, uh, we'll look out for if anything big happens on the weekend and bring that to you on Monday. But otherwise, we'll continue through the NFC South, then go to the AFC West, those four teams, and then close our series here with a look at, last but not least, uh, the very talented uh, teams in the NFC West. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great weekend and see you on Monday.